This episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Anthony and I both love these guys and are super proud to include them as a sponsor on the show this week. When Anthony and I visited all 30 ballparks, the SeatGeek app helped save us a ton of money and time. SeatGeek is basically a ticket aggregator that lists all the tickets on the secondary market and ranks them based on value. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So like if someone is selling their ticket for 100 bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. I can't tell you how many times I've ended up spending less money for a better seat because of this app. And the beauty is the price that you see on the app is the final price. So all the nonsense ticket fees that some of these, uh, I won't mention their names, but some of these sites like to tack on there before you check out. SeatGeek shows you the final price before you hit checkout. Uh, It's probably the most used app on my phone behind MLB at bat. I just, I really genuinely love these guys. I pretty much don't buy tickets from any other source these days. So if you guys want to support the show, Download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code, enter promo code clubhouse, and SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you've made your first purchase. This is going to save you guys money and it's going to help keep this show free. So thank you SeatGeek for sponsoring the show. On to this week's episode. This week on the Clubhouse, I am co-hostless. While Anthony is out entertaining the masses in his hit Broadway show, If Then, I took a little trip down to spring training in Florida. Joining me is an actor who you most definitely have seen in Jurassic World, Iron Man 3, Insidious 1 and 2, and just a ton of other amazing movies and TV shows. Ty Simpkins and I chat about touring the Grapefruit League and Ty's experience throwing out the first pitch at a Philly spring training game. This episode was recorded in Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, oh my goodness, it's an empty chair. Oh no, my stalwart co-host, Mr. Anthony Rapp, is not sitting next to me. So I can't say sitting next to me as always, because this time he's not sitting next to me. He is right now currently in Detroit, actually, Detroit Rock City, my beloved home entertaining the masses with his hit Broadway musical, If Then. So, I'm doing this show alone, but I have an incredible guest for you. You've actually heard him on the podcast once before. You heard him uh, with Anthony and I at City Field last year when we had a little run-in with some very, very nasty, nasty Mets fans. But you know what? We're going to leave that for another day. I am insanely excited because this is going to be, I think, one of the most fun episodes we've ever done Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the clubhouse today, he's a Phillies fan. He's an actor. You've seen him in Iron Man 3 and Insidious, Insidious 2, Jurassic World, just so many things. Law and Order, too, apparently, I just heard. So we're sitting in a hotel, so I can't do my normal crazy intro because it's late at night. It's almost midnight, and I don't want to wake up the neighbors. So we'll just go quiet and say... Joining us in the clubhouse today, 
Hi. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. So, uh, Ty, where are we right now? Where are we? Yeah, where are we? We are we are in Orlando, Florida. What are we doing in Orlando, Florida, of all places? We are watching spring training. We are at spring training, ladies and gentlemen. We just drove actually from uh, Tampa, where we spent the first five nights of our trip down here. And now we are in sunny Orlando, Kissimmee, Orlando, to be more precise. And yes, we are seeing spring training baseball. I'm very, very excited about this trip. But before we get into how much fun we've been having this week and how much more fun we have, Ty, we need to talk a little bit about your history with the game of baseball. First of all, how old are you, Ty? I'm 14. He is 14 years old, ladies and gentlemen. 14 is the sweet spot. Of baseball fandom, I think. I think 14 is when you can really, really get into the game. Ty, when did you first... Like, what are your first memories of watching baseball? Uh, my dad showing me Phillies games. Um, maybe around 2002 or something like that. So how are you... Uh, 2002? No. Couldn't have been 2002. Yeah. How old are you in 2002? One. <laughs> you have memories of, of, of 2002? My dad told me about <laughs> All right. I love that. So your dad is instilling the baseball memories into you. No, that's lovely. You know what? That's great. You know what I tell people? I tell people that I remember the Tigers' last World Series win. You know how old I was when the Tigers last won the World Series? How old? They, I was one as well. So I don't really remember it either, but I tell people that I do. So it's all right. All right. So you grew up a Phillies fan. Mm -hmm. You know, as you can see from the pictures on the website, clubhousepodcast.com, you are beautifully dressed in a, uh, a red Phillies hat and a red Phillies jersey. Who, what's the name on the back of that jersey? <laughs> you got to look. He's got too many jerseys, folks. I have no Which idea. one are you wearing today? I think Nola. All right. All right. A little picture for the Phillies. So where are you from, Ty? I'm from Medford, New Jersey. Medford, New Jersey. And so that is Phillies country. Mm -hmm. So you watch baseball with your dad. Your dad's a big baseball fan. Your name is Ty, correct? Yep. How did you get that name? Um, my dad tells me and my mom tells me it's uh, from Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb. So ladies and gentlemen, he was named after Ty Cobb, the great Detroit Tiger, the controversial Detroit Tiger. And your sister, your lovely sister, who unfortunately could not join us on this trip. What? Or who, I should say, is she named after? Nolan Ryan. So, I mean, these folks, these are, these are some great parents. These are some, some absolute grade A number one parents who have named their children after Nolan Ryan and Ty Cobb. I love, you know how much I love your mom. This is just a, a, a fantastic choice that she has made for you. So, how, how, so, all right. You grew up, you're one years old, you're watching the Phillies with your dad. Do you remember the first time you went to a baseball game? No. No? no All right, no. so you were pretty young. So can you then tell me, well, so last year we went to a, a, a game at City Field. Yep. Was that your first game at City Field? It was. It was. Now, aside from our little awful little experience with this fan sitting in front of us who, who were very, very uh, drunk and just uh, uh, not very nice, how was your experience at City Field? Um, 
It was good. I was a little nervous because I was in enemy territory. But, um, <laughs> they were playing the Phillies that day, and you were repping the Phillies hard. So I, I do understand why uh, you may have been a little bit nervous. But most of the fans can be nice, you know, and have been nice. But there was just a certain group of fans that that decided to really get in our faces a little bit, which was a little unfortunate. It was like our entire row. Like I just saw everyone giving me dirty looks, and I'm like, God. Why am I doing this? <laughs> but you got to rep your team strong. You got to be proud oh, yeah. of your colors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's fast forward now. We are down here. It is spring training. So let's go game by game. Okay. First of all, is this your first trip down here to uh, spring training? Is it the first time going to spring training? Yeah. It is your first time. All right. So what were your expectations? What were you thinking about before you came down here? You were excited. You were thinking, you were saying, hey, I can't wait to get down to spring training. What was it exactly that made you excited to come down here? Uh, just, to, just to watch some baseball and um, definitely got to throw out the first pitch for the Phillies. Hey, right, spoiler. So. We're going to get to that. Hold on now. Forget that you heard that, folks. We're telling a story here, Ty. So right now we're at the beginning of this. So so we're not going to talk about that quite yet. We got a couple of games to talk about before we get to that. So just besides that, just the baseball aspect of it, what were you excited about? Um, you know, I, I don't get to go to many baseball games in LA. Sure. Um, I go maybe... A couple times a year. Okay. I'd like to go more because, I mean, I live pretty much the same distance to both, both. Dodger Stadium and Angel Stadium in Anaheim? Yeah, because with Dodger Stadium, it still takes about 40 minutes because of all the traffic. Sure, sure, sure. And then Angel Stadium is only 40 minutes. Away. Well, you know, and, and a former guest on the show, on the show uh, Sarah Colonna, who's a big uh, Angels fan and a great stand-up comic, she informed us and all of our listeners that there's actually a great train that takes you right from Los Angeles to Angel Stadium of Anaheim and drops you off right outside the stadium. So maybe this season you can go ahead and avail yourself of the public transportation. It might be a little bit easier and save some money on parking and you can just go watch uh, your beloved Mike Trout because uh, who is your favorite baseball player? Ryan Howard. Okay, who's your second favorite baseball player? Mike Trout. There you go, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, you know, you just... You fancy yourself a little bit of a center fielder sometimes. I know, you, you know, you, we've been practicing pop fly drills but you think you can maybe uh make it in the center as a center fielder of the angels one day no no No. maybe maybe right field okay all right i wouldn't want to be a center fielder why not i I wouldn't want to take out trout if i i would want (laughs) to look at that folks i would want to play i would i would want to play with him (laughs) so you don't want to be good enough to make him go play right field and you say hey yo trout you go play right i'll play center today no i do not want to be that good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. He's humble as well, folks. He's humble as well. All right. So you're excited about baseball because you don't get to see a lot of it in LA and in Anaheim, but we're going to remedy that in the future. But for now, you made your way down to Florida, which you were coming. Ooh, I'm getting so excited. I'm knocking things around. You were coming from Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, you were coming straight from Australia with your mother and with your awesome sister, Ryan. You celebrated her, her 18th birthday, her 18th birthday uh, in Australia, and you guys had a wild and crazy time. You took a flight. You flew from Sydney or from Coffs Harbor to Sydney to LAX to Tampa. You landed on Friday night, and Saturday morning we had a ball game to go to. So you guys have just been all over the place. You were doing press for Jurassic, correct? Uh. And or not press necessarily, but you were opening up a, a Jurassic exhibit in Sydney, correct? Yeah. So you've been pretty busy. 
And at the end of all that, we had all these wonderful baseball games waiting for you. So he's smiling big, folks. So uh, Saturday morning, we wake up early. We get in our car. We drive to Dunedin, Florida to watch the Toronto Blue Jays host the New York Yankees. What did you think of that experience, Ty? Your first spring training game. Um, it was it was it was magical. I feel like that 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 feeling is probably the same feeling a bit a, a tad bit less than seeing your first major league game because I I don't remember mine, but I like the Blue Jays. They're pretty good. So yeah. I don't I haven't really seen actually many baseball teams play. I usually I've usually only see the Phillies and the, the Angels and the Dodgers really play. Sure. No, we're just we're, we're so basically what what this trip is for is to you know so Ty has been a baseball fan for a very long time, but it's tough. You know, it's it's something that Anthony and I have talked about many times on the show. It's something that I've talked about with many of my friends that the game continues to get older and the younger demographics just don't seem to be flocking to the game as they once were. And so I know you and I have discussed this off the air that you just don't have a lot of buddies, buddies of your that uh, buddies of yours. Good Lord. It is very late folks uh, that, that like baseball. And so it's tough to really get into baseball and to watch baseball when none of your friends want to watch baseball. And so right now what we're doing on this trip is we're really introducing you to the world of baseball outside of the Phillies, outside of the Angels, outside of the Dodgers. And we're introducing you to teams that you really didn't get a lot of opportunities to watch. I know that, you know, we were discussing in the car ride over that you're going to be getting the uh, at-bat app, uh, which we've discussed many times on this show so that you can see as many games as possible this season. But so this is probably your first time seeing the, uh, the Blue Jays playing, especially, I mean, certainly seeing them play live. And it was a really fun experience. Uh, the Yankees uh, won that game, uh, unfortunately. Yankees win like every game that we saw. <laughs> they do keep winning. The they do keep on winning. It is kind of annoying. And, uh, but that's all right. That's all right. You bought yourself a, a Toronto Blue Jays hat. I bought myself a Toronto Blue Jays hat. I bought myself a Tigers hat. I bought myself a. Hold Pirates on, hat. hold on, hold on. See, you, you keep getting, you're getting ahead of yourself. You're getting ahead of yourself. Right now, we're still in Dunedin. So, if you can think, and at this point, I might not even be able to think because, like I said, it's it's my brain is mush right now. But this was uh, what day is it today? Oh, good knowledge. This was uh, six days ago. Our first ball game here down in Florida. Do you what was your favorite part of that first game? If you can, remember, if you can't remember, it's okay because I'm having a hard time. They're all blending together with me at at this point. Um, when I. First saw, I don't remember who bat who was at bat first, but when I first saw the first Toronto Blue Jay heading heading to to the bat uh, the the the, the batter's box, home yep, plate. the batter's box. Plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just I, I I just I became thoughtless and I just wanted to watch the game. I was really excited. Yeah. That's 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 beautiful. That is that is absolutely beautiful. You know, just watching that first guy step up to the plate and and watch him in all of his his glory, just kind of standing there with, I think it was maybe six seven thousand people. You know, it's much smaller spring training stadiums for those of you who haven't had the uh, uh, the chance to come down to either the Grapefruit League or the Cactus League. Spring training ballparks are much smaller than regular season uh, ballparks, but the the electricity is still there. You know, what was the cool thing that, uh, if you remember, I just remember this, at the at the end of the game, when the Blue Jays were trying to uh, mount a comeback, 
they, this was, I don't know if this is something they've organized together or if this was just a coincidence, but you had mentioned how much you like this. The entire stadium got silence. I heard people shushing and every, the entire place, you could hear a pin drop. It was absolutely silent and the tension was palpable with the, uh, uh, whichever Yankees uh, reliever was on the mound, it was a minor leaguer, he's on the mound trying to close out the game. But I mean, it was, you could hear people breathing. It was, it was dead silent just like that mm-hmm. and it was pretty cool right like it was it was a you know because normally you're used to the guys yelling screaming ah go whatever but this time no one said a word you, but you said you really liked that i did uh I, I felt i felt all the tension i felt the pressure of the players i i i was just very intense and i <laughs> I, I loved it I, all my adrenaline was just building up and and then when they lost, it just all released. And I was like, oh, sad. That's all right, because it's baseball, and there's always another game tomorrow. So that brings us to our next game. And this was uh, on Sunday. And we went to my beloved home away from my home away from home in... Well, because my home away from home is Comerica Park. Oh, oh right, right. Okay, and so my okay. home away from my home away from home is Lakeland, Florida. And the home of the Detroit... Tigers, they've been in that ballpark for a long time. I think they've been in that ballpark since 1930-something. I'll put it on clubhousepodcast.com, but the Tigers have, have, have uh, invaded Lakeland for quite a while. So what did you think? We saw the Tigers take on the Houston Astros. And what was your experience in Lakeland? All right, here we go. Go um, ahead. I enjoyed it. I, enjoy, I definitely did. I I'm collecting a hat from all 30, so I started out, you know, getting some Tigers gear. I got a tank top, shorts, and a a hat. Um, I wasn't sure about this. I know I have to support Manish because he's my friend, and I and I need I need I need him to feel accepted by me. Um, so I got I got a tiger. Very nice tie. No problem. I got my Tigers hat and I I put it on and I'm. I was worried. I wasn't sure because I've never seen the Tigers play in my life. Really? Never. Wow. All right. Well, we're, we're seeing them multiple times on here, so we're remedying that very fast. So when uh, I was excited, I was, I, was, I was excited, but it always takes me at least two innings to get me really into baseball. Really? Yeah. And you know what? I've noticed that. That happened today as well. What What do you think that is about that? The first two innings, you you kind of seem like you're you're kind of taking it all in. You're kind of just looking all around. You don't seem really that uh, enthused. By the end of it, you're out of your seat yelling and screaming. It's really fantastic. But yeah, even today, you know, the first couple innings, you seem a little bit out of it. So why do you think that is? Nothing exciting is happening. When it, once it gets a really tight game, once once the home team scores, <laughs> or, or the team that you're rooting for scores, and and you just you just feel alive, and I, I I like I like excitement. I like I like winning. Sure, I think we all like winning. <laughs> all right, so you weren't sure mm-hmm. about uh, the Detroit Tigers, so so continue. So the thing with this stadium, uh, with this with this team is as soon as they came up to plate i was excited so i i uh, after after that first batter of the detroit tigers i knew i knew that i was i was gonna like them so all right well thank you ian kinsler he let off the game for us we have him to thank for making tiger sand okay now what happened in lakeland 
Something pretty cool happened in this ballpark. So, George Springer. So they were playing the Houston Astros, right. and uh, George Springer of the George Springer of the Houston Astros was at the plate. And so he walked up to plate, got his got his form all ready. You know the um, ritual. His ritual happened at, at bat, and then and then it happened. Pitcher, <laughs> what happened? You got to tell the audience. The pitcher threw a uh, threw the pitch, and he fouled it. And the, one of one of the Houston Astros, I'm not sure who. Well, when he fouled the ball, it went into the dugout. Yeah, it went to the yeah. Houston Astros dugout. And the 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 whoever. Well, yeah, we couldn't see. We were shielded by uh, the top of the dugout, so we couldn't really see who had caught the ball. Yeah. So the the Astro guy came out, and then I just look up and I see this ball flying right towards us. <laughs> it hits my mom's hat, bounces off. And just lands right in front of Manish. <laughs> and then, so I got I got my first Major League ball. This young man has gone to a handful of baseball games in his, his young life. A handful at most. The old man sitting across from him, talking into this microphone at this moment, has been to well over a thousand baseball games in his life. And ladies and gentlemen, how many baseballs has Manish gotten in his life? <gasps> Zero. <laughs> He's never gotten a ball. Mr. Ty Simpkins, young movie star, young 14-year-old prodigy. I have two now. Hold on. Mm-hmm. You know, for a, for, a, for an actor, you are just terrible with these spoilers. Spoilers. I what, do we want to tell everybody that... that uh, 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 never mind, I was going to spoil a Jurassic World. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil Jurassic World, as if anybody out there hasn't seen Jurassic World. But uh, the dinosaurs win. There you go. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Not really. I know. I just made that up. Stop lying. All right. So, um, yeah. Ty got his first ball. Not only did he get his first ball, but the ball is a special commemorative uh, Florida Grapefruit League ball that has a insignia on it. We'll take a picture of it and throw it on clubhousepodcast.com. But, yeah, so Ty got his first ball. Hit by George Springer of the Houston Astros. Uh, I am just incredibly envious and jealous of you, sir. I'm going to get him to sign it one day. <laughs> Tried to do it there, but he didn't come over. He yeah, that's asleep, all right. He was tired. Yeah, he was tired. It was the end of the game, and they were all running back. But that's all right. We'll get that signed at some point. All right, so, you know, what? Uh, more things about uh, Lakeland, though. I do want to touch on... Uh, we had some fun before the game because in spring training, for those of you who don't know, a lot of the ball, well, some of the ballparks, you have to look into which one of your home ballparks does this. But uh, I know Atlanta does and, and uh, Detroit does. And, you know, there's several ballparks that have what's called a berm, B-E-R-M, a berm. And the berm is basically just a big lawn. And in that big lawn, that is in the outfield. There are no seats in the outfield. It's just a huge open lawn with open seating. And you can sit out there. I've seen girls laying out there getting a tan. I've seen families out there eating a picnic. I've seen people just sitting on towels and watching the game. It's really a lovely place to watch a ball game. But before the game, especially at places like uh, Lakeland, you can show up two hours, sometimes two and a half hours before first pitch and watch batting practice and sit there and just watch those balls fly. And there's a scrum every time. And, and there, it's, it's the best opportunity to catch a home run in all of Major League Baseball. Not just in Lakeland, I'm saying in any one of these spring training uh, ballparks that have a berm, it's really a wonderful opportunity to, to catch a ball. And then during, I remember years ago, Ty, this may have been before you were born, 
That's how long ago this was. I went to spring training in Arizona. And I was, uh, this was back when the Chicago Cubs were in a ballpark uh, in Mesa. And I got tickets in the berm and I was hanging out over the left field fence. And I was just casually having a conversation with a ball player by the name of Moises Alou. He played for the Chicago Cubs. And he and I chatted for maybe a half an hour during the game. Like in between pitches, he would turn around, we would have a nice little conversation. I was a kid then. And it was just really fantastic, the access that you can get. Uh, you know, can I tell you a little uh, trivia about Moises Alou? Go ahead. That uh, a lot of our listeners may know, but for those of you who don't, Moises Alou had very tough hands and he didn't use batting gloves, you know, to, to bat. A lot of guys use batting gloves. You know what he did to toughen up his hands? Just guess. What do you think this man did to toughen up his hands? Bat without batting gloves? Yes. But what else did he do to really make sure that he didn't get calluses and all that stuff? Catch barehanded? That would have been something. Yeah, he should have done that, actually. No. You know what he did? He peed on his hands. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) What a weirdo. I agree. And, uh... He claims that it worked, but uh, I don't know. I never really wanted Why to shake his Why is he hand. telling a little boy that? <laughs> he didn't tell me that oh. personally. <laughs> he, did, he, he told that to the press. He told that. That was an interview that I that I'd read with him. Yeah, no, no. He did not just okay. arbitrarily, you know, apropos of nothing. Hey, kid, you know, I pee on my hands, right? <laughs> that would have been uh, definitely... Kind of creepy. Yeah, a little awkward, but... Uh... <laughs> All right, so moving on from uh, uh, Lakeland. Where did we go next? Oh, my goodness. My brain is mush. So we did that. We did that. Oh, all right. So the next day we had a little beach day, but at night, it was our first night game of spring training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did we go at night? Yankee Stadium. (laughs) Steinbrenner Field. Steinbrenner Field down here in lovely Tampa, Florida. They gave me a free water bottle, which was nice. They did. We got uh, a free water bottle for entering the stadium. It was a nice little promo, a Yankees water bottle. Uh, There was something immensely cool, though that happened at Yankee Stadium that you guys will all be probably listening to oh. depending on how long this episode is either at the end of this episode or we may break this up into two parts into uh, next episode, which you see. But what happened at uh, Yankee Stadium? Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, Steinbrenner Field. Oh, goodness, Steinbrenner Field. Who did we meet? We met uh, two nice, nice uh, ladies there um, who were keeping score and then... Uh, Manish uh, was talking to him, and they said that they got to see. One of them said that they got to see Jackie Robinson play. Yeah, she watched this this, this amazing woman, uh, and I'm not, we're not going to spoil too much for you because we actually chatted with them during the game, and uh, we'll we'll attach that conversation with them probably at the end of, like I said, either this episode or, or next if we break this up into two parts. But she got to watch Jackie play. In 1948, she watched the Willie Mays, she watched the Giants, she watched the Dodgers, she watched the Yankees. She really got to watch some of the greatest ballplayers ever. And I got chills down my spine just chatting with her. Her and her friend were, they're now big uh, supporters of their, of the Yankees double-A team and their season ticket holders of the double-A team. And it just, they are, they are what's right with baseball. And and I can't wait for you guys to listen to that uh, interview. But, so you didn't like Yankee Stadium. I didn't. 
Why not? Steinbrenner, I keep saying Yankee Stadium. You know why? Because I'll tell you this. They, the one thing the Yankees they do is, is, is Steinbrenner Field, they have really recreated what it looks like uh, at Yankee Stadium, just a miniature version they of it. They have all the flags. and everything. They have all the flags. They've got the giant scaffolding. They've got it really. I'm, I'm, I mean, they've got a, a version, I guess, of Monument Park uh, in front of their stadium behind the giant statue of George because he's the only statue that exists there. Uh, I love the ego on that man, uh, God rest his soul. But uh, so we saw the Tigers play, and it was an exciting game. You know, it was uh, the uh, the Tigers had a couple of home runs, and the Yankees, sadly, at the end of the game, came back and— <sighs> A-Rod. Yeah, A-Rod yeah, we saw you, you got your first introduction. Well, we saw A-Rod in Dunedin, but you really got to see A-Rod up close, and we had great seats at uh, Steinbrenner Field, and we really got to watch A-Rod there, and— Hear the crowd, the Yankees fans cheer, and the uh, non-Yankees fans boo him mercilessly. Yep, I was I was one of the non-Yankee fans. <laughs> yes, we were both. Uh, I don't boo. You know, I, I really don't boo a lot of players. I'm not a big guy that boos very much. I'll cheer, but I won't boo. There's two players that I boo, and I think uh, listeners of the show will know that. It is Alex Rodriguez and Ryan Braun. Those are the two that I boo. Everyone else, you know, it's all right. Even if you're on my rival team. I'm going to, you know, at least respect you. But those two guys, sorry, you guys ran out of chances. All right, so not much to say about Steinbrenner Field. You didn't really like it. We did do a great interview, so you'll be able to listen to more of our thoughts a little bit later. So the next one, actually, that's three ballparks. Aha! Here we go. Here's the main event. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion, so please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special, or honestly, just if you want to say hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse Podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with stand-up comedian Jimmy Pardo, making his second appearance on the show as he shares with us his thoughts on managers Ozzie Guillen and Robin Ventura. I'm very outspoken and probably uneducated. <laughs> what? No, about, about Ozzie Guillen managing in 2005. And I just use him as an example, which is the first time I defended the guy, which I can't believe it. <laughs> because I, I stand by that team was so good, you could have managed in 2005. So to me, the manager does nothing, yet does everything. Yeah. I give Ozzy no credit for winning, but I blame Robin Ventura for that team being horrible. Yes. So, so I literally have no ground to stand on. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Here's what we all came to listen to. Here's what Ty, young Ty, spoiled earlier. This was the day we were all waiting for. We were we were practicing for this. We were warming up for this. Now let's now we can take us back to before Australia, before we before you left you started warming up and you started practicing and you started uh training for a very special special thing that you were going to be able to do and that is you were able to throw out the first pitch at a philadelphia phillies spring training game so let's take you back to before you left for australia when your mother and i discussed on the phone how you needed to probably have a trainer for uh, this this amazing opportunity of yours, because you've never thrown out a first pitch, you want to make sure you get it right. So, who trained you out there in Los Angeles? 
Jake from Baseball Central. Jake from Baseball Central. Gonna keep doing lessons with him. He's a good. He's a good. Good pitching coach. I think he is a good pitching coach. Ooh, that was a weird way of pronouncing coach. All right, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're training with Jake, and your mom was sending me videos and pictures of it. And I thought you looked great out there, and I thought that you know you were really starting to, to you were doing it from sixty feet six inches. You were doing it from the mound. You were getting the ball over the plate. What were you thinking when you were when you were first training? What was going through your head? I'm 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 gonna do this. I'm actually gonna throw a pitch and on a major me on a major me. <laughs> a major league, <laughs> He's so a major league field. <laughs> it's a tongue twister, especially on my favorite team. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just excited. Yeah. All right. So you're doing that. Then you go off gallivanting down in Australia. You're watching rugby. You're riding ATVs. You're shooting archery. You're living the life. Mm-hmm. But all that time, you've got the first pitch coming up. The first pitch. It's gonna happen. We land in Florida. I don't think we warmed up that day because we were all pretty tired. No, we were very tired. But the next day in the hotel, we just started kind of very, very gingerly tossing the ball back and forth to one another. You know, nothing too crazy. We were just kind of sitting in our hotel room, tossing the ball back and forth. And then after that, every day since then, we would find a place, whether it was a lawn in Detroit, whether it was on the beach, whether it was a parking lot, wherever it was, and we would sit there and we'd warm up your arm. And you were getting better and better. Every single day, you were getting better and better. Yep. So now the day comes. All right, so let's walk everybody through the day. First, we got to get a big shout out to, and I'm just so sorry because I, 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 I mangle his last name every time. So uh, Monique is, 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 is laying down in the other room. I'm going to yell to her right now. Monique, what is uh, Greg's last name? Castriata. Castriata. Oh, I am the worst. Greg Castriato. I'm sorry if I've butchered your name because people butcher my name all the time and I should be better than that. Manoush, <laughs> Manish, Manesh. <laughs> and his, I'm sorry, and, and what, Monique? Lovely Robin. His lovely sister Robin. Greg hooked us up. Greg uh, is the director of uh, PR with uh, the Phillies. And he is just one of the greatest guys in the world. We show up to Bright House Field in uh, Clearwater, Florida. The first thing we do is we actually went into a valet parking lot and, and warmed up a little bit. <laughs> we didn't know where we were supposed to We go. didn't know where we were supposed to park. We just parked in a random spot and started warming up. So after we warmed up Ty's arm, we go in and Greg takes us onto the field. And now we're on the field and the Phillies are taking BP. They're taking batting practice. So Ty, walk us through what happened when we got on the field at Bright House Field. So we got on the field. I'm talking a little bit, you know. Anish and I started throwing out a couple pitches, uh, a couple pitches just on the on the sidelines, and just kind of you know start warming up my arm again. Yeah, we're it's uh, we're in the warning track dirt, uh, or, or right, not the warning track dirt, I should say. We are in the in the dirt uh, by uh, in front of the Phillies dugout and uh, along the third base side. Yeah. So I got to see I got to see a couple new guys, you know, like uh, like Franco, and I got to see a, a lot of minor leaguers uh, uh, hit pitch, catch, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that, that was exciting. We got to go in the Phillies dugout and kind of walk around there, sit down in, in, the, in the seats, look at, you know, some of the uh, helmets and bats. And then when we go out... Well, before that, 
Remember Pete McCannon, the manager of the Phillies. Right, right. Yeah. So we talked to Pete McCannon. Mm-hmm. Um, he came over and he uh, he said that uh, he wanted to do a little bit of acting in his day. So maybe we figured that we could switch roles for a day and have him uh, maybe play a role in the next Jurassic. And you might be able to manage the Phillies for a day. That would be nice. That would be <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right. So after we meet Pete McCannon, the manager of the Phillies, what happens next? So... Greg walks up to me and he says, uh, "You got you got something for for Ryan to sign, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." Ryan, who? Howard. Mm-hmm. So um, I pull out my my old my old Howard jersey, number six. It's very small. I got a 2011 something like that. Oh, so long ago. It was um, <laughs> almost half your life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so he walks up to him and he starts talking. Yeah. They're off in the distance. Yeah, they're, they're, they're off talk, in the distance. They're so talking. I'm just, so I'm just Monique, there. Ty and I are standing, uh, leaning on the, on the Phillies dugout and we see Greg go talk to Ryan, maybe about 20, 25 feet away from us. So we can't really hear what they're saying. Right. So then I see them smiling. I see him laughing. Then I see Ryan walking away, and I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> and then, and then Greg Greg walks back up, and then he says, "He refuses to meet Ty because there's no one black in Jurassic World." <laughs> and so we we both we were all we're all laughing. Um, well, you came back pretty quickly though. You we were laughing, but you had a response to Greg to yeah. that to and that statement. I said, uh, "No, statement. no, there's a black guy in Jurassic World." <laughs> and then he thinks I'm talking about. Um, uh, Sam Jackson from Jurassic Park, or no? no? Oh no, he's no. talking about um, uh, uh, the 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 actor who played. Uh, say it again, Monique. Mr. Mizrahi. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Mizrahi. Yeah. Uh, he the, is not black. The, no, no, he is the owner. He is yes, the, he's the owner of of, uh, of, Jurassic, of, of World. Jurassic World. Um, the John Hammond type in this movie, if you will. Yeah. So and then I'm like, no, no, I'm not talking about him. He's a great <laughs> actor, but I'm talking, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Omar Sy. Yeah. Omar Sy was uh, Chris Pratt's raptor assistant friend. Um, I'm blanking on his name in the movie. Sure. Uh, but he helped, uh, he helped Owen train the raptors and uh, and uh, stuff like that. You know, he talked, he talked to Vincent D'Onofrio in the movie. Uh, Hoskins about about the Raptors and it, yeah no we all so, remember yeah, he was yeah, a great yeah, character yeah great character and guess what the black guy didn't die in this movie he did not die <laughs> he did not die he survived he almost died <laughs> then Chris Pratt saved him of course um, Chris Pratt sa- he saved everybody he's yeah, so he dreamy everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um so then uh, after after batting practice Ryan walks over here of course I, I'm like I'm like. Blanking out in my head, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Um, <laughs> so we start talking after a while. Um, I, I ask him if he could sign, and he says, "Of course." And he starts. He starts. I get so excited. We take pictures, and um, and then I'm like, "Wait, wait!" He's wa- he's about to walk away. I'm like, "Wait, no, there was a black guy in Jurassic World." <laughs> it's Omar Sy, and I started telling him all all what I just said. Um, then he laughed, and we we shook hands again. And um, then something truly amazing happened. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to hold a major league bat. I wanted to see how heavy they were. So Greg walks over to Ryan and he and he asks if I could hold his bat. 
So he pulls out his, 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 I'm pretty sure it was his 2008 uh, bat. It may not have been his 2008 bat, but he definitely had a, two, a, a World Series insignia yeah. uh, in it. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I would highly doubt that that 2008 bat, A, that he'd still be using it, and B, that it would even be around. Because that's eight years ago, and those yeah. bats don't normally last eight years. They'll get splintered or... or uh, still had a World Series insignia on it. Right. And um, so I picked it up. <laughs> it was very heavy. It was heavy. Uh, and I swung it a couple times. So I, I, I got to swing... Uh, Ryan Howard's bat, so that that uh, that 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 was pretty. I you know what that was pretty cool. That that was, was that was he took cool. it right out of his bag and handed it to you, and and yeah. that that was that was pretty cool. All right, so now the main event. Now the big moment. I mean, we went, we walked around, we we uh, we bought some some gear for you. Yeah, and, I, bought, and, I bought a jersey. Yeah, bought a jersey and all that, and you know whatever. But we're waiting for it, and here was the big problem, folks. It started raining. And we were all very, very nervous because the tarp was about to come on the field. And we were all just, I know my stomach was going nuts because I thought, oh, no, there's no way that they're going to let him, they're going to cancel this first pitch. He's got to throw this first pitch. So we went up to the press box. We chatted with some of the folks there. They had a great sign that uh, apparently they've always had up on there is uh, X amount of days since the last Velociraptor attack. So they were all big Jurassic fans. And it was fun to kind of meet and chat. But the old, the whole time we were meeting and chatting with people, all I could think of was, please, just clouds, just hold off for like 20 minutes. Just let us, you know, let him throw the first pitch, and and uh, then you can rain. So the rain clouds did, hold thankfully, off. hold off for a little bit. Maybe like we went hour. down through the Hooters dugout, to the Hooters diamond dugout, and we get back on the field. Now, Ty, hmm. take us through. If you can remember. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I, I literally just remember walking up and then it just blanks out until I actually see the ball leave my hand. And then, uh, uh, who caught it? Ruff or Ruff? I believe it was Ruff. I'll have to look up. I'll have to uh, look at uh, my photos to see who who, who caught it. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm blanking. on It's very late, folks. I'll put it in clubhousepodcast.com on the show notes and there'll be a picture of uh, who caught Ty's first pitch uh, on, on the website. But, uh, yeah, so since he won't remember, I will tell you. He threw a great pitch. Didn't bounce it. A little high and outside. It's all right, though. A little high and outside is okay. You know, if there was a bat in the box, he probably would have swung at it, maybe chased a little bit. But you got it over the plate. The place went nuts. It was pretty cool. It was very cool. <laughs> you know, when he came off the field, his hand was shaking, and it was awesome. My whole Just, body was your shaking. Your whole, whole body was shaking. I, 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 <laughs> like, I was brain dead pretty much. Like, I, I, I didn't know what to do. I was so, I was so nervous about that, but I was happy. I was excited. I was, I got, I was, I felt like a, a major league, a, a major leaguer for, for just splits. Well, you got a couple of really great photos for it and, and you do look like a major leaguer. That was pretty cool. It was very cool. So where does that rank? You've gotten to do some pretty cool stuff in your life. You've worked with Steven Spielberg. You've worked with... Uh, uh, who did uh, Shane Black, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pratt, Colin Trevorrow, future director of a Star Wars movie. You know, you've done some cool stuff in your life. I have. Where does this rank? Where does this rank? Uh-huh. Number one. Really? Number one. Maybe number two. <laughs> what would be number one? Maybe number three. 
Uh-oh. Oh, no. All right. Well, you know what? Take a second. Think about it and answer. Um, probably, these are all, these are all equal. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World Iron Man 3 in the opening pitch. I, it just, it's, it's all, it has to be, has to be those three. I don't know where they stand in the order, but those right. are the top three. All right. So Jurassic World, Iron Man 3, first pitch. Yeah. It's not a bad top three for a fourteen-year-old. But but the first pitch includes meeting meeting. Oh, of course, the, oh the whole experience yeah, of it all. Yeah. So that was pretty cool for you, but you know, something pretty awesome happened for me as well that day, and I think for you as well, and for your mother. I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of my heroes in my life. A lot of uh, you know Muhammad Ali, Barry Sanders, Derek Jeter, a lot of guys that I looked up to when I was a kid. At one point, uh, I texted Greg and I said, hey, Greg, I think uh, Ty would really like to meet someone. It would be really, really cool if we could meet uh, the Philly Fanatic. And so the rain starts to come and we all retreat into Greg's office. And we're sitting in Greg's office and Greg walks in and says, hey, guys, sorry, but the Fanatic, you know, uh, isn't, in his, isn't in his costume yet. And so we were like, oh, that's a bummer. Then all of a sudden... A man walks in, and it's the fanatic's best friend. And the fanatic's best friend is a man named Tom Burgoyne. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. I'm probably not. Let's just call him Tom. Tom's the fanatic's best friend. Tom knows everything about the fanatic. And we spent about 20 minutes talking to Tom about the life of the fanatic from the Galapagos Island. And there's a picture I have with Tom, the fanatic's best friend. And it may be the happiest moment of my entire life. That was pretty cool, right? That was very cool. It was amazing. I mean, it was this. This is a this is a guy who's best friends with quite possibly the most famous Philly. Well, not just the most famous Philly, just the, the most famous mascot. The best mascot. The best mascot in out of all, all of them. sports and all of sports. In 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 you know, uh, Anthony and I did a mascot episode, uh, uh, which we'll uh, link over in the Clubhouse podcast uh, show notes. But we did do a, a mascot. We ranked the mascots. And it's almost not fair. Like, it's, you, don't, you, you don't even put the fanatic on the list because he's just in a world of his own. It's just, it is. It's amazing. It is, what he does, the physicality, the humor, the, the, uh, it, the subversive nature of, of the fanatic being able to really mess with the umpires and with the, the, the opposing teams. He told us a, a great, great story about Tommy Lasorda and, and, and Lasorda and he getting into it. And Lasorda did not like him very much. And while he thinks some of it may have been for show, they really would get into it and there'd be fights. And, and you know, he is just a, a spectacularly genuine he's exactly who you want him to be in real life i mean that's that's when when you're talking to him i'm telling you it didn't even dawn on me to meet the fanatic's best friend i was just thinking about meeting the fanatic and getting him because i and i let him know that the fanatic i let tom know the fanatic beat me up once at an all-star game he beat me up because i was a tigers fan he started just beating on me and tom you know he laughed and said yeah that sounds about right he should have beaten you up so that was pretty cool, yeah? Go ahead. At the All-Star game, was he wearing an All-Star jersey or a Phillies jersey? Uh, at that one, he was wearing a Phillies jersey. So what happens is that uh, at the All-Star game, uh, 
all of the mascots from all the 30 teams, or at least the teams that have mascots, they all come to the uh, the ballpark and they wear their team's uh, jerseys. And a lot of them will roam around the concourse. So fans can meet them, take pictures with them, mess with them. It's really, so they're basically representing all of the major league teams. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think, uh, I think the only time they would wear an all-star uniform is if the game is in their home ballpark. So if I had gone to an all-star game in Philadelphia, then I'm pretty sure the Fanatic would wear an all-star jersey. But other than that, he's just representing his beloved Phils. So that was really quite amazing. Now, sadly, the game did... Get canceled with the... Well, I think there was a rain out in the fourth inning. So we saw four innings of baseball. But uh, unfortunately, you know, Ty experienced his first rainout, which, hey, look, as a baseball fan, that's something you're going to have to experience. We've all had rainouts. We've all had games where we've had rain delays. We had six-hour, I've had a six, seven-hour rain delay. So you experienced your first rainout. But it was a pretty amazing day. It was. And then uh, we got one more game. Well, actually, we got two more games to talk, well, talk about. But uh, uh, one game was today, and one game hasn't happened yet. So really, we can't talk about that game. But we can talk about the game today. Today, we went to Bradenton, and we saw the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates, hosting the Boston Red Sox. Wait, is today Wednesday? Today is Wednesday. So I threw out the pitch yesterday? You did throw out the pitch yesterday. It feels like forever ago. I don't remember. (laughs) I don't. I I thought it was like two days ago. No, no. Today, you threw out the first pitch yesterday, sir. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's been quite the 48 hours. But so today we saw uh, Pittsburgh and Boston in Bradenton. It's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. We really, really enjoyed it. Um, Besides yep, two things. There were two things that happened that you were not happy with. So every, every time I go to a ballpark, I collect a hat and a mini helmet. That hat has to be a seven and a half fitted <laughs> hat. It cannot be any type of hat. Or any other type of hat, like it can't be adjustable. You go to the store, they don't have any fitted hats left. So I had to make do, I had to buy a fitted hat, and I was really disappointed. But when I go to Pittsburgh, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna get a fitted hat. So then I'm really excited for the second thing is. The ice cream helmets, the mini helmets. And I got, I got, I was so excited because I didn't get my hat, but I'm still going to get my mini helmet. So we go walking around the stadium. We go to five different ice cream places and they don't have an ice cream helmet. <laughs> so that just kind of bummed me out. Yeah. You were kind of sad. I kind of I felt bad because, you know, here in spring training, unfortunately, we are here for the last week of spring training and, you know, they're emptying their stock and they are they've run out of a lot of things at this point. They've run out of their hats. I'm not even sure if they ever had the mini helmets down there. It didn't look like they ever it didn't look like they ever had the mini helmets down here, which but you know what, though? That's all right. The one thing that this spring training trip has inspired in, in all of us is that, you know, we are going to see all 30 parks eventually. I'm going to get you to see all 30 parks. And so we're just going to have to wait and go to Pittsburgh, and that's where we're going to have to get your official hat and your official mini helmet. But in uh, Pittsburgh is a ballpark that you're going to want to go to. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. But so today was fun. We saw uh, Andrew McCutcheon hit a game-tying two-run home run. You know, we saw Pablo Sandoval out there. We saw David Price pitch for the Red Sox. We saw Starling... Ca- uh, uh, um, 
Starling Ma- uh, Marte, good Lord. Starling Marte, he waved to you. That was pretty nice. That he was did. pretty cool. He is number six, Ty's favorite number. So it was a pretty good day, right? It was. It was a pretty good day. It was a pretty good day. I'm sad that, I mean, there wouldn't, there, it would, he wouldn't be there, but the Red Sox, that's my second favorite mascot. The Red Sox mascot, I don't know what it is. Wally the Green Monster? Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what that is, but it's funny. <laughs> That is interesting. Okay, all I've right. Been collecting baseball cards. Well, hold on, hold on. We're got, gonna. That's that's. I got not, him. You are just once again. You are spoiler McGee. Well, so that's gonna wrap up our discussion about uh, spring training stuff. And I'm looking at the time here, and we may actually end up having to break this up into two episodes. So we're gonna uh, probably uh, take a little bit of a break here, and I'm going to cut the episode here, and we will uh, do part two with Ty Simpkins next week. And you guys are going to have a lot to look forward to because that's going to be a really, really fun one. All right, so I'm going to end the episode here and you guys are going to have to wait until next week because next week we're going to have an incredibly fun show where Ty and I are going to do something super, super, super fun. So uh, Ty, thank you for joining me. Thank no you thank for, you for uh, sharing some of our your stories. We've got, we do have one more game to go. We are going to the wide world of sports complex and we're going to say the Braves and the Tigers in a couple of days. Uh, tomorrow, we're, ta- we're taking a couple of days off from our baseball uh, extravaganza. We're going to Disney World. We're going to Universal Studios. But uh, on, sun- on Saturday, we're going to see uh, the Tigers and the Braves and then the regular season starts. So we've got a lot of games to, uh, to catch. But uh, so for now, uh, we're going to leave you and say thank you so much for listening we will see you next time here in the clubhouse before we wrap up this episode of the podcast we take you now back to steinbrenner field in tampa florida where ty and i spoke with two ladies who got to watch jackie robinson play baseball Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to, uh, I think this is going to be a mini episode, most likely, but I'm here with my special co-host for the day, Mr. Ty Simpkins. Ty, say hello. Hello. Ty and I have been enjoying some uh, wonderful spring training action as uh, we take on a Yankees versus Tigers game here at Steinbrenner Field. And we were sitting next to a couple of just lovely, lovely young ladies who told us they were actually able to watch some pretty amazing ball players in their day. Can you tell me... First of all, what your names are, and second of all, what teams you grew up being fans of? Martha Liebman, and I was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Now, what does that, well, hold on, Ty, who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers? Jackie Robinson. Now, ma'am, did you get a chance to see good old number 42? I sure did. I saw him and started in, I guess, 48, and saw him right through his career. That is absolutely fantastic. I'm serious, I, I got a chill. Ty and I both were, were uh, discussing it up there and, and just a chill went down my spine when I heard that you got, cause you got to watch the Giants, the Yankees, and the Dodgers play. I sure did. My father was a Giant fan, I was a Dodger fan. We both hated the Yankees. <laughs> Yet here we are sitting in Steinbrenner Field. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm now a minor league fan for the Trenton Thunder, which is a double A Yankee team. That is pretty impressive. So you follow minor league baseball, but you don't necessarily like their major league counterparts. Well, I like them now because many of our boys through the years I've been watching the Thunder have moved up. So um, we have a lot of of boys now playing for the Yankees. Okay, hold on one second because I know that you have been keeping score and I don't want to distract you. Was that a a swinging strike out there? Don't worry. 
All right, so that was a swinging strikeout by, uh, uh, who's on the mound right now? That is Nick Goody, it looks oh, like. Nick, Great picture of Nick, yeah. Oh, is he uh, uh, one of your boys from uh, the Trend Thunder? Last year, he was with us last year. And what is your name? Johanna. Now, were you also able to watch three New York teams as a young lady? Not really much, but I saw the Yankees. I saw Joe DiMaggio play. You Mickey saw Joe Mantle. DiMaggio. Mickey Mantle. Joe, Phil Rizzuto. Yogi Berra. These are names. Now, Ty, Ty's fandom of baseball. My, my young friend Ty here, he is really, he's been a baseball fan for a while. But he is really, uh-oh. Hold on. Hold on. This is why we record the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Ian Kingsler with the long home run. <laughs> Oh, no. Our friend Nick Goody just gave up a long home run to Ian Kinsler. I guess we'll see him again this year. <laughs> he might be heading back down to play for Trenton. But uh, <laughs> so it is now one to nothing Detroit Tigers over the New York Yankees. But so can you just, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, um, I could do her better. I saw Willie Mays. <laughs> you saw? So, so the regular the regular co-host for this podcast is uh, my friend Anthony Rapp, and he got a chance to hang out with Willie Mays, and he got to, to, to chat with Willie Mays and for a couple of hours say hey, kid. to say hey, kid. And he said he was one of the nicest, most genuine guys. Oh, there's a foul ball coming our way. Um, have you ever caught a foul ball or a home run? No, I hide. How about you? <laughs> I've been hit by one, a foul ball. You, so uh, at our game, was it yesterday? Yeah. We went to a game yesterday in Dunedin. Oh, no, yesterday was Lakeland. I'm sorry, we were seeing the Tigers yesterday in Lakeland. We've been going to so many games down here. And so I've gone to over 1,000 baseball games in my life. I've never caught a ball. Yesterday, we were sitting there, and they, uh, the Tigers were playing the Houston Astros, and one of the players in the Houston Astros dugout, we don't know who, tossed a ball up, and it landed right on Monique, on Ty's mom, landed right on her head, and it fell right in front of me, and I picked it up, and Ty got his first uh, foul ball. Well, that was nice. Did his mother get a concussion? (laughs) (laughs) She's doing okay. I don't know where, oh, there she is. Monique, are you doing all right? I'm doing fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now we have to get some stories about Jackie. So you got to see him play. Now you were you were very very young because yeah. you know that, that. So I'm sure you're not gonna remember in vivid detail. But maybe not just about Jackie, but just the early days, or I guess the latter days of the Brooklyn Dodgers before they moved to LA. Jackie Robinson. Uh oh. Oh oh oh. And Justin Upton just hit it over the scoreboard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel sorry for him. He's just a kid. We may. I may need to record with you. You may need to come with me to every single game this season so we can record so my Tigers can keep winning. Because the Tigers were not playing well. I turn this recorder on and all of a sudden, the power comes on. Uh, uh, you know, it's hard when you're a kid playing in front of a big crowd. They're Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got to be nervous. And you know what? Look, he's facing right now. Look who's up to play right now. The Triple Crown winner himself, Mr. Miguel Cabrera. I think that it's very, very, very hard for the young boys. I really do. They, you know, they're coming from small little stadiums, and they're coming in here, and there are people screaming and yelling, and I, I think it's very difficult. I, I give them credit for sticking out the inning. So, all right, so now, uh, you were yeah. telling your story. Well, what I remember about Jackie Robinson is he was always smiling. Always. I don't remember ever seeing him not smile. He was very pigeon-toed. I never could figure out how he could run without falling. (laughs) 
Um, I know that he was a track star. Yes, he was very fast. He was very fast, and he was very talented, and he always seemed very calm. Um, his wife used to come to the games. Um, I just remember he was, like, nice, you know? So, I mean, do you remember, like, because you were very young, but obviously, as Ty and I both know, Jackie faced a lot of, of adversity when he was first coming up, and there was a lot of anger towards him. Did you feel that in the stands, or how, yeah. how did it come across to you? I, you know, again, I don't remember anybody ever booing him. Of course, I was a little older when I was, you know, more aware of what happened. Of course. But um, I don't remember that ever happening. I remember fans being very excited. He was a great hitter. He was a great runner. He was a great, you know, um, fielder. He, he was really an all-around everything. Plus, he was a gentleman. He was college-educated. He was very different than some of other fellas on the team, you know, who came from little towns and they were rednecks. But um, I remember hearing shortly after Jackie Robinson was there, my father had said to me and everyone said it was um, Pee Wee Reese who kind of eased the way for him because Pee Wee Reese wanted, he was captain, he wanted the team to win and he felt Jackie was a very good choice to help them win. And um, I think he probably interceded when some of the other players who were very Southern might have felt offended that they had a black man on the team. But um, I don't recall anyone in the stands ever saying anything or doing anything. I mean, you know, again, when you struck out, everybody booed, no matter if you were white or black. But, um, <laughs> well, that's just baseball yeah, fans. We're a very finicky yeah, bunch. Right. Well, Dodger fans are funny, you know. They love you. Well, they were very funny. They loved you if you were good, and they booed you if you were bad. And you knew when you had a good day or a bad day. But, um, again, our big rivalry was always the Giants, and that was always a big game, big game. So who were your favorite players when you were a kid? Gil Hodges, number 14, Ooh. first base, was my favorite. I adored him, loved him, knew his wife. Oh, wow, really? They owned a bowling alley in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's a, see, I, I love that about the old timers. I I they were such a part of the community. Yeah. They owned bars, yes. they owned restaurants. They owned, I mean, it just it felt like you could just know. The, now you these guys are them. so separating. With, it, it's, it's hard to really get to well, know these guys. Of course, they didn't make money like they make now. So this they is very were true. part of the community. And they counted on people coming, and they signed, and they liked kids. And it was, um, you know, Brooklyn, Ebbets Field was a small field. It was very homey. I'm, I have no idea how insanely jealous I am of you that you got to watch a game at Ebbets Field. You know, I've been to all 30 baseball stadiums, and the one that I wish I could have been to. Yeah, it's gone now. I go to Cooperstown every year, and I touch. They've got it. They've got a slab of it there, and I just rest my hand, and I just, I just, I just caress it very, very gingerly, and I close my eyes, and I wish... I could go back it in time. It was a very exciting field. It was a very homey field. We had our own little band that played. These guys just to come with their instruments. That's they amazing. Had the lady that rang the bell. Um, we had always a dog would escape and be on the field, and everybody would chase <laughs> it. I mean, that was entertainment. I, I thought that was part of the, you know, why you went to Everett's Field. Of course. <laughs> um, you know, you hit a certain sign. If a player hit it, he won a suit from one of the men's clothing stores. I mean, it was very... <laughs> That's amazing. We don't have any of that fun stuff anymore. No, it was really fun. Um, I used to take the trolley up to Ebbets Field from my house. Mm -hmm. Going home, sometimes I'd be on the trolley with some of the players if we hung around a little. I think I paid 25 cents to get in. We sat in the bleachers. 
But even the ushers knew kids would move down. Of we would course. move down and move down. Nobody bothered us as long as we weren't in anybody's seat. You know, that's what that's what that kind of uh, annoys me about Yankee Stadium. Is at Yankee Stadium they don't let the kids really sit down unless you got a, a father or mother who happens to have a couple of extra thousand dollars sitting around. No. You're not really going to be sitting in, in the nice seats. Well, the thing was, I think I was just going to say when my children were very young, we used to take them to Yankee Stadium and sit all the way down the end of third base line. Yeah maybe for about $25 for five of us. Yeah. And my kids loved it. And they got to see Mickey Mantle and Phil Rizzuto. Yeah. And Bobby Richardson was my second base son's very favorite ball player. And that's how you make new fans. That's how you get kids to really get into the game. It's hard to get into the game when you're sitting. I mean, here, there's not a bad seat in the house. But if you're at Yankee Stadium, and you're sitting in section 500 in the corner, and you can't see half the field. But that's what's great about minor league baseball, because that Absolutely. gives you the opportunity. And when a kid goes to a minor league game and sees somebody, and two years later sees them on television, it's a very satisfying feeling. Absolutely. You know, you've built your base. You've built your fans. Um, I, I love minor league. I really oh, as do. do I. I think it's fantastic. So, Ty, do you have before we wrap this up, because we've got a game to watch here, do you have any questions for this this young lady here? Because, you know, she is just a wealth of baseball knowledge. She probably knows more about baseball than I do. Um, it's all right. I know there's there's so many questions that go through your head because you just want to know everything. Uh, how long have you been a baseball fan? Like, when was, uh, when was your first memory of baseball? It's a phenomenal question. Well, my father, I'm an only child, so I was my father's son. He took me to everything. I started going to... <laughs> The giant football games when I was about a year and a couple of months. And he took me to baseball games, I guess, maybe when I was about three. I'm now almost 78. So I've been going to baseball games for a long time. You don't look a day over 60, man. Ah, thank you. You're very sweet. <laughs> but um, I still have my some of my Dodger yearbooks. I have some of my father's giant yearbooks. Wow. I have the Dodger yearbook from 1955 and 1956. First World Series they won in 55, and then the following year they were the champs. So I have those two yearbooks, and I'll never part with them. Oh, my heart. You're, you're <laughs> killing me. Oh, my heart. They've been friends, and uh, how long have they been going to baseball games together? How long have you two been friends, and how long have you been going to ball games together? Um, I guess we're friends about 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. And we've been going to baseball games for about 20? At least 20 of them, and we've been season ticket holders for the AA Yankees for about 13. 13 years. And how often do you make it down here uh, to Tampa for Every spring training? Every year. Last 10 years, about. Now, 10, 12, 10, 11 years yeah. now, yeah. You are both living the life. I'm telling you, this has been just an absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much for just taking a couple of minutes to talk with us. You're quite welcome. Very Thanks welcome. for listening. Oh, I, I'm not I'm not joking. If when we need to, I don't want to bother you because, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, they're both sitting here scoring. And if you've listened to this show before, you know how much I adore. This is when I was a kid growing up at old Tiger Stadium. I grew up going to Tiger Stadium at Briggs Field, Nevins Field. I, the way I got to become kind of a baseball nerd is I'd watch the old timers and they'd be sitting there and they would be take, keeping score. And I had no idea what they were doing. And it looked like hieroglyphics to me, you know? It just looked such a, a wonderful little painting artwork. And I hated math. I couldn't stand math. But the old timers would teach me how to keep score and they would teach me math. And they would teach me, you know, how to, you know, exactly, and it just made me so interested in statistics and, and just the game. And so I love the fact that you're still here doing it. So, uh, well, 
I think, you know, again, um, part of the fun for us is to, to chart. Even though we talk a lot, we have to ask people, what's just happened? <laughs> of but, course. You know, um, when, I started what, when I started following baseball, when they were on away games, we listened to it on the radio. So we didn't have the advantage of seeing replays. Right. If you missed, this, if you missed something, you missed it. That yeah. was it. So I used to sit in front of the radio, and we used to have a lot of double headers, like on Memorial Day, you know, these kinds of things. I would make my own scorecards, and I would chart my own way listening to the radio. We used to bring the portable radio to the beach. We would sit there and, you know, um, yeah, I, I loved baseball. I loved the players. I loved all of it. I, I used to know everybody's batting average. I knew all those things, you know. That is just phenomenal. Well, thank you so much once again. I, I guess I could talk to you guys all night, but we got a ball game to watch. So uh, have a nice night, ladies. Thank you, too. Enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you nice so much. You. Let's go Trenton Thunder. There you go. <laughs> And that wraps up part one of our awesome interview with Ty Simpkins. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free in iTunes so that you will be one of the first people to listen to part two of our episode with Ty Simpkins. That will probably be released in the next couple of weeks or so. We've got a couple of Stadium Series episodes that I want to make sure we get out there. So subscribe in iTunes and it will just show up in your queue when it is ready. Have a great week. The home base for the Clubhouse podcast is the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse located at 67 East 11th Street in New York City. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it into Bergino's in person, please visit Bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.